You are listening to the Gateway Church in Spring Lake, Michigan. To learn more, visit us at thegatewaygh.com. This summer, Randy Don Giovanni, if you didn't know, stepped in and helped us on the youth side. He worked with us uh, after P- Pastor Pete uh, mentioned that he was leaving, and he worked with us through the transition. He helped us interview Pastor Bruce and uh, Brittany. Uh, he has worked with our students through the Wednesday nights, and then he was with us at our backpack drive this last Wednesday night, and uh, we asked him to come and to kind of close the summer season and to inspire us for what God has next, and we're excited to have him. He's going to bless us this morning, and we want to bless him just by welcoming him and uh, giving him uh, just a warm gateway welcome. Let's do that this morning. Amen. Oh, my gosh. I've had the honor and privilege to to be here all of July and all of August. Um, just working with young people, I, I just fell in love with them. I mean, it's it's hard to say goodbye. I have been doing this so long, and I've been in so many different pockets all over the, the country uh, right now as I travel. I was, I was at Grand Rapids First Assembly for eight years. I don't know if you ever heard of Grand Rapids. It's a small church over here in Grand, Grand Rapids, a little tiny, like 44th Street. Like they, they don't even have that many people. But um, we, were, we were fortunate enough to be able to be there, and we were there for eight years. And then in 2009, we journeyed into this Randy Don ministry. See, Don Giovanni does not cut it nationally. It doesn't cut it. Because people don't know how to say it, especially in an all-Dutch world called Grand Rapids. So we decided to go with Randy Don Ministries. But I do want to say this. In all of our travel and everything we've done, it's been an honor and privilege with your young people. They are stellar. They are, they are phenomenal. But really what's great and what I want to implement everywhere I travel and everywhere I work with people is leadership. And your leadership with Bobby and Kyle and Joe and Pam and others was off the charts phenomenal. And I, I'm for, forever grateful for you guys because you didn't make me feel like I was going to have to work for this. Like, yeah, you're nobody. Whatever. You just made me feel at home. You welcomed me. I got messed up with Kyle at first because I was like, maybe it's a Kyleen or Kyla or something. It's Kyle. It was different. But we're from the east, so we know what it's like. Oh, Connecticut, Pittsburgh, we connect. Okay? The other thing is I want to thank you. I want to thank you, Joe and Pam and everybody else, that, that, especially Taco Bell, for their slowness. But we were able to connect through the slowness. <laughs> You know it's slow at Taco Bell, but you know what? You have a lot of family time because by the time they get you the food, you've known everybody. And, uh, but I also want to thank God for Bruce and Brittany because the connect of them to get them to this church, I felt in my spirit you needed an Energizer bunny that's going to go crazy in this place. And I think they have it. I really believe they have it. And there's great days ahead for you. So I'm very, very proud of Bruce and Brittany for stepping up to the plate. I've known Brittany for a while, a lot longer, and her family out of Grand Rapids first into Hastings, from Hastings to here. So it's great to have them. And I think they're going to bring a level of energy and expectancy from the Holy Spirit that you've never seen before. And I really believe that. And do we love Deb and Pete? I do. And I'm very glad for Deb and Pete, too, because they're fitting in well. And you know what? There's seasons. Everybody know there's seasons. Just say that with me, seasons. If you don't believe me, watch your children grow. Though that's freaky crazy. Because there's seasons. And you're like, you're going to sit there and you're going to go, how did we get to this day? Like, how did we get to their graduation when I remember we just birthed them? Come on, I see some of your faces. And then how did they get so sassy and cocky? 
And then now look at their faces. They're a little bit like that, but it's all right. But I really fell in love with a lot, all your young people and everything. And I, I just want to preach from my heart today because I saw this church do it. The title of this message is very simple. It's be doers of the word. Doers of the word. And you did it. When I was here Wednesday night, listen, I, I've, been, I've been a few backpacks lately, okay? It's, it's amazing that traveling now as an evangelist, I was just in Garden City, Dearborn. I knew, if you don't know anything about Garden City, Dearborn, let me enlighten you, okay? The second most population of Muslims in the entire world. Is this? It's on? The entire world is in Dearborn. And they're hated there. And they're loved there. And there's killing there. And there's disrespect there. And there's all kinds of stuff. And we went to an open field, like in this park. And it's amazing, because here we are, Pentecostal. We're standing in this park. We have inflatables going on. They, did, they had eight hairstylists come in. And that might be something you might want to think about next time. But they had eight hairstylists. They did over 100 and some young people's hair. And they didn't just cut hair. They cut hair. Okay? Because, I, I mean, you know, you, you know when, you, when you need to do, you need to do to do. Okay? You don't need just to be like, ah, what was that? Well, God bless you. We just, you don't shave people, okay? You know what I'm saying? You do the hair. They did the hair. Eight hairstylists. They were going crazy. 400, 450 backpacks. So you totally destroyed that with them. Because I can't wait to get to Jason and tell him, dude, gateway threw you under. So anyways, but as we're preaching, they're all in a tent. They did what you did last year. And they were lined up in this tent because they had all signed up. And when it came to salvation, as I'm preaching and I'm doing it in this place, we did it every session, 10 to 11 minutes, an altar call. You're like, what? Yeah, 10 to 11 minutes. There in the open air, I do 12, 13 minutes. And the 13 minutes, and the bands play. For, there's, there's two bands that play, 55 to an hour. I have 13 and 55 to an hour. I don't understand that. I don't think that's right, but that's okay. That's what they want to do. Anyway, so I preach at 12 to 13 minutes, and 123 people get saved in 13 minutes. Now, wait a minute. 123. Out of 123 people, out of those seven, seven full, two to three children, Muslim families. We denounce our faith. We want to come to the truth of the light of Jesus Christ, the life giver, not the death taker killer. Okay? Because there's a lot going on today. And so you talk about doers of the word. You're talking about doers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want to get into that with you. I want you to turn to James chapter 1, and we're going to do this in less than 30 minutes. I'm just telling you, you're going to get out by 2 o'clock. Here's what we have. There is a song sung that says this, we dedicate ourselves to you. And in the middle of that phrase, that's a key word. We are dedicated to you. Are we dedicated? Is the blood enough? What a great question. Is the blood enough? Because in our culture today, it's not. In our culture, forget the blood. There's more shedding of blood than there ever was before because of the uh, uh, the. Um, unfaithfulness, or even the, their disrespect of lives. Blood that's shed. That's not Christ's blood. People's blood that's shed. Christ's blood is enough. It's enough for my depression, enough for my healing of anxiety. Come on, arthritis, autism, Asperger's, you name it, it'll be there. Cancer, or, you don't think the blood can crush out cancer? The blood is enough. I don't need anything else. The blood's enough. That's all I need. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can wash away every stain? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. But there's a key word here, dedicated. Dedicated to Christ for what? Dedicated to Christ to win the lost. 
dedicated to Christ to rescue the lost. Dedicated to Christ to rescue my neighbor. James chapter 1, verse 22, it says this. But don't just listen to the word, God's word. You must do what it says. Now, I'm not going to make this up because I can't. How many, how many are tired of this? How many are tired of somebody else's opinion? I mean, come on, right now. Parents, listen, you give instruction, okay? But here's how quickly we forget we were children. Okay. We give instruction to our children. Respect me, obey me. But we forget when we were kids. There might not have been the respect and obey. But it's my, let me tell you something. Let me tell you what I was raised on. This culture today doesn't care what you were raised on. No, no, wait a minute. I know I'm in Grand Haven, Spring Lake area. Okay, just, if you, it's not my opinion. I'm talking about the word of God. But, but opinions will kill people. Opinions will mess people up. Here's what I think you should do. And then they do it and you're like, oh, I think that was bad advice. God's word says, God's words. listen, if it can't measure up with this, I don't want to hear it. I'm tired of opinion. Everybody got an opinion about the president today? Oh, no, no, I'm ter- serious with you. Everybody has opinion. No matter what the man does, no matter what happens, somebody's got to say something. It's got to be done. And so what happens is this is don't just be listeners to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourself. So you want to become a fool, don't listen to the word of God. You'll be foolish. And if I know the Bible says don't call no man fool. But let me say this to you. You'll be foolish if you don't listen to the word of God. This is what it says. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your, at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, you walk away, and then you forget what you look like. Now, I remember when I was working out as a kid, I was, uh, I was into weights. I was really into weights. I was, my friend played football. I played soccer, but I wanted to be bigger than him. I don't know why. But I've only been this high since sixth grade. I don't know why I wanted to be bigger. But I started lifting weights. And how many people remember this? Let me just reflect a second. Whether you worked out, whether you're losing weight right now, everybody's losing weight on Facebook. It's all, you're fat like this all of a sudden. It's like, whoa, you have two different pictures. And you keep looking. How many people know what I'm talking about? One picture, you're like a dump. Next picture, you're like this. Well, I can do that too. Suck it in. And so what happens is we get this thing. We get this mentality that we're looking at this mirror. It's like when you were younger, you're like, boom, look at that. Man, look at that. And you walk away and you're like, oh, snap. Wait a minute. Let me see what it looks like again. How many people have ever walked in town and you have all the glass and you're walking down? town and it don't matter what you're doing you're like oh man I like that I like this you're not looking at the dress in the mirror the suit in the mirror you're looking at you in the mirror okay and it's like doing this whole thing where the Bible says you walk away and you forget what you look like it's like you lose your mind we have lost our minds today of what it means to be a doer of the word of God so here let me break this down what's it mean to be a doer it says this so when James states in verse 22 Don't be only a hearer of the word, a doer of the word. He's saying this. Be a doer of the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is the word. This is the gospel. Do what this book says. I watched my friend back there. I see him right back in the corner right there with a plaid shirt on. I saw him cooking hot dogs. 700. Maybe served 650. 50 hot dogs left. He ate all of them. I heard. It was all right. 50 left over. You got to get rid of them, bro. You got to get rid of all the evidence. I'm just telling you. They're slaving over a hot dog, giving it out. I walked by and I said, how you guys doing? It's hot behind there. It's, I'm telling you, it's steaming. He's like, man, this is awesome, man. We just keep on making. I'm like, are you for real? And just giving out that many hot dogs, doing the things that you did, the backpacks, people coming in and out, moving people around, being able to greet people. Hey, here's a backpack. God bless you. Because in the backpack, there was a Bible put in the backpack. 
So there is an extension of this church of the word of God that when they go home, the life can be rescued. I'm going to share some about that in a couple of minutes. But be doers of the gospel, not only hearers, deceiving yourself. That's what James chapter 1, verse 22 says. So let me ask you the question, what's it mean to be a doer of the gospel? How does one do the gospel? The first thing that we should come to mind is this. To be a doer of the gospel, we must, must um, apprehend the gospel and believe it with our heart. Like, I can't do this word if I don't believe this word's true. I'm just telling you, seriously, I, I, can't, I can't do anything in life unless I have instruction. Now, how many have ever put something together and you're like, I got this? And then by the time you're done, there's like seven nuts, seven nuts and bolts left. Like, I do that all the time. I'm done. I'm like, I put together a barbecue a couple years ago, a nice barbecue. I was with my friends at Pasquale's. They're missionaries now to Italy. Rick and Jennifer served this district. They were phenomenal. But I remember putting together a barbecue. Rick and I went out and got it. We put everything together. We get all done, and there's like two screws left. My wife's like, oh, it looks phenomenal. <laughs> but I see two screws left. And I'm like, honey, those are just extra stuff in case you know, something doesn't work. You know, they give you extra screws. She goes, what's wrong with you, man? What's wrong with you? You know what I'm saying? My wife always questioning that. Be a doer of the word, doer of the word. How many people know this? You can do because you're hearers of the word, but we're not always listeners. How many of you ever been sent to the store for, for, for your wife and you have a list? I have one honest person. Thank you. Thank you, sir. I go to the store. My wife writes a list and she writes real nice, but I just said, no problem. Take it on my phone. I ain't taking the list because I know if I touch the list, I'm committed to the list. If I take a picture of the list, it's my perception of what I perceived was on the list. Because I can picture cut up, I can picture cut down, I can take the whole list. Don't look at me and judge me, that's just the way we roll. <laughs> men are like that. How many people know men are like that? So my wife says to me, go, here's the list, get this. I got no problem, baby, I got you, I got you. Are you hearing me? Yes. Are you listening to me? Yeah, I got you, I got you, girl. I got you, In one ear, I already have it, I'm listening to the Pittsburgh Pirate baseball game. I got it going on. I'm like, I got you, girl. She goes, you got the game on. I said, I know, but I got you. I go to the store. I go to the store. Man, I get everything on the list. I get everything. I, I come home. I'm unpacking. There's the bags. You know, I'm twisting, tying the bags because you got to do it right. You can't just throw the bags out anymore. You got to use them for the inside of the house, a little tiny trash. How many know what I'm, are you following me? Recycle this, recycle that. And so we're doing this thing, and all of a sudden, it's, out pops a bag of chips. And she's like, hey, excuse me. Was this on the list? And I'm like, um. Maybe. She goes, and the peanuts? What's up with that? I'm like, well, you know, whatever. Animal cracker? Well, you know, I got to have a snack at night. A little, a little, oh, I'm watching a game or something. She goes, Rand, I, I this is what's wrong with you. This is what's wrong with you. You hear what I'm saying, but you're not listening to me. And you know something? In our culture today, here's how much we've dumbed down our culture. Not we, because I don't be a part of that. Our culture, our culture has dumbed down the word of God. We're reading every book except for one. How to win it, how to raise it, how to do it, how to give it, how to take it. Every book in the world but one. This is the manual, the greatest GPS ever given. God's perfect system ever given, but we don't want to read it because you know why? It's convicting. Well, it's convicting because it's supposed to change who you are to become a listener of the word of God. Not just a doer and a hearer and a listener to do. So when God asks you to walk up to somebody in a store and ask a question and you don't, that is on your head. There's three things you can never get back in life. Words. 
You'll never bring back words. Once you say them, it's out. You can't pull them back. How many know what I'm talking about? You ever been there? The second thing is time. You can never get time back, ever. You can't go back. You can't say, I remember whatever happened. Like, we were so happy. Mm-hmm. And the third thing you can never get back is opportunity. Now, wait a minute. I know what some of you are saying. Oh, that's not true. We get opportunity. No, no, no. You get another opportunity of an opportunity, but you miss opportunities. How many have ever missed opportunities? I go to Cracker Barrel, and I love going to Cracker Barrel, and you can tell, okay? I just love going there, and I love spending time here. My wife's real nice. My wife's full-blooded little Italian. I'm full-blooded Italian. She's from New York. I'm from Pittsburgh. Somehow we slammed, and we started in Battle Creek, Michigan. <laughs> Don't ask me how. It just happened, okay? From there to Detroit, Detroit to Grand Rapids. We've been in ministry 32 years now. 32. My wife is a nurse at Spectrum Hospital in pediatric ICU. She's wonderful. She has her master's in pediatric, a nurse practitioner. Now she's going for her doctorate. She don't get enough of it. I'm just like, stop the madness. <laughs> but I go to Cracker Barrel. She says to me, she said, you've been going a little too much. You're getting a bonzetta. I'm like, bonzetta? That means you're getting a little chubby, fat boy. I'm just telling you straight up. <laughs> it means you're getting a little basket. A little basket. What are you carrying? Like, Moses? What's going on here? <laughs> My child of... <laughs> It's not happening, okay? You pray. I mean, shut up, girl. What's wrong with you? So all of a sudden, I go to Cracker Barrel. She said, you spend too much time. But here's what I do at Cracker Barrel. Waitress comes over, and she said, how can I help you? And I said, oh, thank you. I said, I'll take coffee and water. Ba -ba 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 -ba. She comes back, takes my order, and then I say this. I say, ma'am, before you go, I'm going to pray for my food. Let me ask you a question. Is there anything I can pray for you about? This woman grabs my hand. <laughs> Starts crying. I'm like, ah. <gasps> She's pulling my, she's got my hand. Oh, my, oh, I'm like, oh, my Jesus. How many have ever been to Cracker Barrel? How many have ever seen the mantle, the fireplace with the manager? Okay, I got a little thing in his ear. We got to clean up on aisle number five. Clean up on aisle number five. I take, she takes my hand. She starts crying. She says, you can't believe you're here. She said, been for years, for years, I've been struggling. I've gone to, I've been watching TV with Benny Hinn. I've, I've listened to Billy Graham. I've gone to crusades. I've gone to healing stuff. I'm not healed. I have hives all over my body for three years. And now she's got my hand. <laughs> I'm like, ah! She's screaming. I'm screaming. She's screaming. She's screaming. Just in my mind. I start to pray for her, and she goes back and gets my food and brings my food out. We get done. We go on. A couple minutes later, uh, she comes out and, and goes. I go in two weeks later. Two weeks later, I go back in. There's another waitress. How could I pray for you? I'm praying for my food. She starts crying. I'm like, oh, no, not again. Little tiny person. She's like, listen, you don't understand. My father's birthday was Monday. We celebrated. It's Thursday. He died yesterday. 40 years old of a heart attack, just dropped over. My heart's broken. My life's changed. I said, baby, let's pray. We start praying. Tears are hitting the table. Tears are hitting the table. You know what? We forgot to ask the questions. That's what's going on in our lives. But I have no problem asking the question. She comes out with the lady two weeks prior. She comes out and says, I knew it was him. It's him. It's the prayer guy. It's a short little bald man. I hate that. I said, how did you know I was bald? I'm sitting, I mean, short, I'm sitting down. She goes, well, you look tiny. I'm like, thanks a lot. And so she goes, I want to say something to you, sir. You, I told her that when you prayed, things happened. Two weeks ago, when you prayed, that day, that day I went home, that night, and I prayed with the prayer you prayed again. In the morning, I woke up the next day, my hives are gone. You have to ask the question. 
you got to be a listener and doer of the word. Listen, it's one thing doing a backpack, and it's another thing taking time to do a backpack. It's one thing pouring time. It's another thing pouring just time in. You don't come just to say, I'll be a part of it, and you don't work. I used to do that as a kid. Dad, I'll, I'll help you out, and I'd tr- go to help my dad. Dad, I'll be right back, and two hours later, i come back. He said, where were you? I was working on it. I wasn't working on it. I was eating a candy bar while I was done, and already 15 minutes it took me an hour. I didn't care because I didn't want to go back. You know why? Because I didn't have respect for him. But I have respect for the gospel of Jesus Christ that changed all of that. And when you become a listener of the word and a doer of the word, it changes the perspective of everything. A doer of the word. Listen, here's what happened. When, when Peter, Peter was, was messing around and Peter wasn't living right, he had a brother named Andrew. Andrew knew about a Jesus. Andrew was a doer. You know what Andrew does? He puts himself back last and puts Peter first before him. He says to Peter, there's a man that's come. His name is Jesus, and it's your time. I'm going to push you forward, Peter. I want him to see you, Peter, because I think there's something special about you, Peter. Here's the problem in our culture. Culture doesn't want to put anybody else first but us. Man, a church is trying to teach us. Christ is trying to teach us that if we put ourselves last, we will be first. If we will serve others and be doers of the gospel of Jesus Christ, we have to ask the question. We have to be willing to lay it all down for what God says. Is this resonating with anybody's spirit? A doer is a person of action. A doer does not retreat. That's called a coward. And a coward retreats when it gets hot. Let me tell you something. It got hot in here on Wednesday night. There's a lot of people. Big Ed knows what I'm talking about. We were praying with all kinds of people. It was getting hot in here, and there were four waves of it. But how God showed up, hundreds of salvations. And I mean, not just talking about, yeah, I accept Jesus. I don't believe in that, accepting Christ. I believe in following and becoming a disciple with Jesus. You can accept anything. People accept credit cards, and you have to pay interest on it. I don't accept Christ. I follow Christ. I receive Christ's spirit into me. Why? Because I can do more than what Christ even did. How is that even so? Because he knew that this day would be here. He knew we would affect more. That's why he gave us the power of the Holy Spirit. But we had to become a doers of the word, a doer of the word. Let me just finish with this because we've we got to move on. And we're coming to a close. Come on up here, Bobby. Short, sweet, simple. I'm, I'm heading up north at 131, and I'm going to a place called uh, Indian, Indian River. Anybody ever hear Indian River? There was a big guy named Bob Moody. Bob Moody wasn't just big Bob Moody. Bob Moody was... Big Bob Moody. You know how people say he sat around the table? He sat, he was the table. I'm just saying. He's at least 550 bills. He was big. And he had a friend with him. And they were like, I used to call my bookends because they looked exactly like. And if you would be a sandwich if they smashed you. I'm just telling you this right now. You'd be, you'd be the baloney. It would happen. Big boys, love to eat, love north, but love people. I was going up and I was taking my wife with me and I was getting ready to preach this parable about the Good Samaritan. You know, you have the priest, you have the Levite, and then you have the Good Samaritan. You have the priest that is the one of honor, the place of honor, but when he sees the person that's beat up and robbed, he doesn't want to take a risk because if he does, if you understand Scripture, if he touches this unclean thing, that's what it was, he would be rendered unclean for seven days. He'd have to go through a spiritual blessing and ritual, cleansing himself, cleansing himself, before he could do the work of the ministry. That was the priest. So he takes no risk. 
and he steps over and keeps going about his business. Then there's the Levite, the worship people. They're wanting to, I love them. They lead worship. But this guy one day, this Levite, is on the way to the seat of the center of where it's all going to happen. He's asked to do worship. He wants to get there. He wants to set up, do a sound check. Everything's right, perfect, so that there's pristine and there's how precious and beautiful he led worship. And everybody's going to be ooh and all. And so he sees this person. He thinks, I'm going to be late. I got to get there. And he doesn't take a risk and he steps over. But these are the people that lead worship. And here comes this Samaritan, this foreigner that, that people don't recognize. People don't understand. The Jews hate the Samaritans. Samaritans hate Jews. But he takes time for this guy. Just like Jesus. I'm preaching this message in the car up 131. My two dogs are with me. They're sitting in the back seat, harnessed in. Little seatbelts, little miniature schnauzers. I got Rocky Vito, Dina Luigi. They're in a the car. Rocky Vito, Dina Luigi. 20 pounds, 11 pounds. Stellar. We're going up 131. It's a sunshiny Saturday day. As we're going up, I'm preaching this message to my wife. Laurie, I'm going to give him the priest. I'm going to talk about Levi. I'm going to talk about the Good Samaritan. That person that went above and beyond. As I'm, as I'm talking, a car passed us. And as a car passed us, there was no traffic anywhere. About a half a mile, uh, maybe three quarters of a mile up, all of a sudden this car just veered off the highway. It's up 30 where everything splits. So the southbound's going this way. This is going northbound. There's a big medium in the middle. And all of a sudden the car goes, gravel kicks up and whoosh, over the edge. And I was like, mm-hmm, what was that? What was that, babe? I said, you serious? She said, pull over, pull over. I said, I can't pull over. We're going to be late. we got to get up to Indian River. i got to preach this message. She said, pull over. I said, you don't hear me, girl. You're not listening. I got to preach. People are going to get saved. She said, pull over right now. I said, yes, ma'am. <laughs> I pull over. She didn't even wait. She gets out of the car, whew, across 131, down over the hill. I'm like, eh, where are you going? I put the window down. Laurie, car's still running. Air conditioning's going. The two dogs in the back going, you better get out. I'm like, listen, don't talk to me. You better get out. You better get out. You better get out. You better get out. Better get out. Get don't, don't talk to me, guys. Don't say, man, you're going to be in trouble, Dad. I'm telling you, you better get out. You got to go help her. My wife, the nurse in her, the person of her, goes across, flies down over the hill. I don't even see her. Now my car's running. I got the thing going on. I can't leave the, the dogs in because somebody's going to report me. The dogs are. So I leave the car running, put the windows down. Anyways, the air's full blown. And I kind of gingerly step across the highway. Like, all of a sudden, whoo! Everybody's coming, paramedics are coming, ambulance is coming, cops are coming, stars, cars already pulled aside. Somebody's yelling, do we have anybody that knows Jesus can pray? Anybody knows Jesus can pray? I'm standing by my car. I'm standing beside my car. I'm going, um, uh, walking across. You know, I, I, I kind of know, get over here, pray then. I'm like, okay, I'm coming, I'm coming. And so I get to the top of the hill. And at the top of the hill, I'm like, oh, Father God. And I look over the hill, and the car not only went down, but it ended up on its roof. Tire straight up and it's still running, and my wife is sticking out. I don't know, I can see her hiney sticking out of the car. She's in trying to rescue these people. Four people seat belted in that are in their 70s and 80s. The man had a stroke, lost control, went down over the hill, ended up on the top. My wife, one by one, is pulling him out. She's jumping to the other side, pulling out. And I know what people say, you can't pull them out because you could hurt them. She didn't have time to think about that. The paramedics reaches in, he shuts the car off. They get the neck braces out. They get all the boards out. Everybody's over. And I'm up here praying. And I look up and I look down. And here's my wife. She has blood all over her. Grass stains all over her. Her hair is just like. 
She didn't even think twice. But the preacher man wanted to preach it. It's the biggest lesson I've ever learned in my life. Don't preach what you are not about to live. Don't preach what you're not about to do. They get down there, and I end up going down, and they're like, you look like a preacher. And I'm like, I, I'm a preacher. Well, come on, let's get in a circle. Let's pray. Where you been? I'm like, oh, taking, taking. And all of a sudden, I just started broken, broken, just weeping because I looked at my wife, and she's like, yes. I'm like, oh, God, Jesus. See, they thought I was seeing Jesus. How many know your wife your, or your husband, they can make you feel like, you know what I'm saying? I start praying in a circle, and while I'm praying, I don't realize my wife is already up in the car, and she's sitting there. I get up to the car, the traffic clears, and I, I cried for one hour. We didn't say no, anything. We didn't say anything. But I could hear my boys, oh, you're in trouble. <laughs> we pull off one exit before there, and there's a Myers there, and I said, here, why don't you run in and get cleaned up and get some new clothes? She goes in, she gets cleaned up, she buys something new, she comes out. That night when I went to preach in that church, I couldn't preach for the first five minutes. Because my lovely saint of a wife, my God in flesh is sitting right there. And I just started weeping. I said, you want to know a doer of the word? That woman right there. She's like, I said, that woman right there. I want to preach this message tonight. I want to tell you tonight this message. And I ended up preaching. And that night, that night, over 40 to 50 kids got saved. Because I implemented the story of this woman being a doer of the word. She's a doer of the gospel. Because the gospel says, you'll do everything you can to rescue. Simple word this morning. With everything else that's gone on, with communion and worship and giving to this Harvey and everything we can through the convoy of hope, I'm going to ask you a question. Are you doing all you can to really know Jesus? Are you doing everything you can to be a doer of the gospel of Jesus? Because if you're not, God help you. God help you when you see a person in a store that's struggling. When you go to the counter and somebody's looking around, they don't have all the change or the money. Hey, no problem here. It's on me. Boom. When you go to Taco Bell and you get a bunch of young people screaming and yelling, none of them have money. <laughs> I'll take number 16, 45, the potato and a chicken with two tacos, please. I'm like, you got any money? I got no money. <laughs> so I looked at this kid, this guy, Pee Wee, and I just said, let them all order. Get them out of the way. Just get them out of the way. I'll pay at the end. Now they're like, I'll take 17 burritos, 45 chinachalatas. I'm like, man, I'm telling you, you take more, I'm going to hurt you. But you end up paying for You end up paying it for Why? Because it was already done for you and I. It's not work. It's not this thing. And it's not just a habit. It's a life desire to rescue people. My wife taught me so much that it didn't take much. It didn't take much for this to get in this hard head. That even though I preach and even though I've done it, when I saw it, I never could go back. I couldn't go back again.
because I saw it. And what you saw on Wednesday night through the backpacks and lives that are changed, and if you were in this room, you saw the salvation after salvation. Come on, sweetheart, you know what I'm talking about. When you saw salvation after salvation after salvation, little children, the first ones that stand up and said, I need to be saved, it moved the parents. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father God, you're awesome, and I love you. I love you because of who you are, not just because of what you do, but who you are. And you know what's really cool, God, is you can do it through me. You said greater works will I be able to do. I can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. I can speak words of life into somebody that's dead and their spirit becomes alive. How is that? Because the spirit dwells in us. So my question to you, church, this morning before you leave is this. Do you know my Jesus? Do you know my Jesus? And are you a doer? of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the word of God. Do you understand what that means? That means sacrificing everything of yourself, giving it away to do what God asked me to do. I'm going to ask you this question. If you're here this morning to the sound of my voice, listen to everything I said, being able to take into everything, absorbing stuff, but you don't have this relationship with Jesus, I need that relationship. I need to receive Christ and become a disciple and follower. I don't care what my past has been. That moment just now has already passed. The blood is enough. I've not been recognized in the blood. I'm not doing the blood. I don't even understand it all, but I'm telling you this. I cannot walk out of here without knowing that I received Jesus Christ, my personal Savior. I can't do this anymore. I'm going to get beat up in school this year. I'm going to get bullied in school this year. I'm going to get trapped in school this year. I'm going to become this voice in school this year. I'm going to become one, and I want to be a light in school this year, but I'm not living for Jesus. I don't know Jesus Christ. I've heard about him. I've been in this church, but I'm not recognizing him. Maybe this is my first time. You want to receive Jesus and be a doer? All I'm going to ask you to do in the count of three is raise that hand. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to throw you out. I'm not going to make you do a cartwheel. I'm just going to ask you a simple question. Do you want to know my Jesus? One, two, three, if that's you, just raise your hand. Yes. Thank you, sweetheart. Thank you, sweetheart. One, from the mouth of babes, they shall know. Why don't you do me a favor? Anybody else that says, says I'm, now put your heads up. Everybody else put your heads up. Look at me a second. How many of you are saved? See, every single hand should have went up except for one. Every single hand should have went up except for one. Now that you're saved, let me ask you a question. Are you really doing what it says? Or have you somehow got lost? See, this culture thinks you can have a beer in one hand, a hymnal in the other. I'm just saying I watched it on TV last night. I'm like, hmm, I don't know, man. It's kind of borderline. It's almost mocking to me, but that's just my opinion. It doesn't matter to you. We could put a beer in one, a joint in another, gospel in one hand. Thank you, Jesus. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> and you're no different than anybody else. I'm not trying to judge anybody because you don't care about my opinion. My opinion doesn't count. What's the word of God say? Nothing but the blood? Mm -hmm. Is the blood enough? I don't think so today. I think the blood plus a beer or a drink of alcohol, maybe a couple joint bloats, whatever, is good enough. Then I feel good. Now I feel like I see Jesus. <laughs> I hope he comes in your room and smacks you. <laughs> so my question to you is, are you dedicated to Jesus? I'd like you to all stand with me before a pastor comes, and I want to pray a blessing. I want to pray one salvation message, right? salvation prayer right now. I want you all to do me a favor. We're, we're supposed to be family, right? Your gateway family. Can you reach across the aisle and grab somebody's hand? 
I want you to pray this sinner's prayer with me first, and then we're going to pray a prayer of rededication to Pastor Ben's coming at 1027. Father God, everybody, Father God, forgive me of my sins. Today, I make you my Savior. I receive you into my life. No turning back. I want to follow you. I want to be your disciple. And whatever you ask, I will do. Because the blood, the blood is enough. I receive it today as my master and my savior in Jesus' name. Father God, I pray over this congregation that in the name of Jesus, we rededicate our lives to be doers. Lord, let us not just watch as somebody rescues. Let us be a part of the rescue. Let us not just sit there like I did with my wife. I just watched her, and I was like, oh, my gosh, and yet she got dirty. She got down in there. She pulled, and she rescued. She did what she was taught to do, but what was greater was while she was pulling them out, she was praying the prayer. Oh, God, please don't let them be injured anymore. Oh, God, help them. Oh, God, rescue them. Oh, God, become a part. God, help me. God, strengthen me the whole time. Because why? She's a doer of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Father, we're asking you for your blessing, your anointing, and your precious blood being poured over us every single day of our lives that we can do this gospel that we've been called to do. We already represent you. We've already demonstrated so much of you. But now we have the marketplace or the place of our homes that we have to or the place that we visit. I give you praise. I give you a blessing. I bless this church in the name of Jesus. I ask you to have favor and honor upon this church. You're anointing. You're anointing. You're anointing to be doers this week. So the testimonies, even in our connect groups, will rise up. Will rise up. And give honor to the pastors of this church and say, thank you for teaching us to do more for the gospel of Jesus Christ. We give you honor and praise. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. How many appreciate Randy Don Giovanni? Man, what a great word. And what a great challenge as we head towards the fall, back to school, back to the grind. And uh, we just want to say, go in the grace of God. Let the Lord would go before us, behind us, and all around us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for being here. And next week, we're starting a new series. And you can read the book of Ruth if you want to get a head start. God bless you. Go in the grace of God. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message from the Gateway Church. If you'd like to find out more about our church, such as service times, giving, and ways to get connected, visit us at thegatewaygh.com.